Hello and welcome to another wonderful Friday afternoon. I'm Dan Van Zalen and here's your host, Andrew Gomison. Hello, Dan. It's great to be with you and another in our series of Speaking for Him Unplugged. I don't know if you will hear these sequentially, but you heard on the last one why this occurred. So with that being said, we are going on to our next in the series of Who Am I in Christ or uh, uh, What is My Identity in Christ? And so today we're going to talk about I am chosen of God, set apart, and dearly loved. And Dan has our quote of the day. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a particular people, that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. All right, so... Basically, this um, is here to show us um, kind of like the recent episode we did about uh, the movie Overcomer, the fact that we can rest in our identity in Christ that gives us value. And this is part, this is a huge element of that because we are a peculiar people. He called us out of darkness into light and he set us apart. Um and a royal priesthood and a peculiar people. When you seek to follow Christ, people will think that you're peculiar. They'll think that you're weird. They might even think that you're downright strange. There's even a passage in one of Peter's epistles where it says, if your friends say, why do you run not with us? And then you give them the gospel. They may be upset with you. You may lose friends in the deal. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is that God paid too high a price for us to not change our lives. You know, um, I think our modern, um, the way that we often modern, often understand modern evangelicalism is come as you are and basically stay as you are and God will accept you no matter what. But the reality of Jesus changing you is come as you are and I will change you because there's no way that you can spend time with a living Christ and not have it change your life and who you are. And it's a gradual process often. It's not an easy process, but he will change you because that's the nature of the relationship that he has with us and seeks with us. So he says, come as you are and I will make of you a new person. Yes, exactly. Exactly the point that I was getting to. It's very true. So we're going to look at um, what it means to be set apart and chosen and dearly loved. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the father called me. No man can come to me except the father, which hath sent me draw him now. And uh, I will raise him up at the last day. And that is, this doesn't say, I am sorry. I admit, I think that one is, I'm pretty sure that one is, John six forty four. I'll try to double check that and put that in our show notes on the blog so you can see that. I uh, usually am pretty good at getting the references on the notes, but I must have missed that one. Yep. But the point of this verse is to remind us that God 
played an invaluable role in procuring our salvation. And he actually reached down (coughs) and said to us, you are mine and I want you to be mine. Now, the fact of the matter is that God also said, whosoever will may come. And he also said, if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there is actions that we should take. But the bottom line reality that is inescapable is that God called us to be his. And so I think it's important for us to to look at that and be honest with ourselves about it. Mm-hmm. And the next one is, I am his workmanship. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 All right. Um, so in this one, and I think we've referenced this verse before, which is good because it's such a good verse, which is that God has things that he wants us to accomplish. He has a plan for our lives. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of people will quote that verse in Jeremiah 6, 6, um, 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, to offer you a hope and a future to give you an expected end. And sometimes that can come off as kind of a trite saying. Mm-hmm. But this verse in the New Testament, in Ephesians 2.10, really confirms for us that he does have a plan for us, that he does have things for us to do, and that we need to be, have the courage and the faith to do those things. So I want, I want to encourage our audience to take this to heart. Dan, do you have any additional thoughts on these first two topics? For the, uh, I'm his workmanship. Uh, when people quote Jeremiah, they usually use the version that says, I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. And then a lot of times the so-called rebuttal from people who are angry with God as well. Yeah. Well, you know, my life's crap. All these bad things are happening to me. God must hate me. And uh, it seems to me that people tend to forget that uh, God gave us free will, which means we get to make choices, which also means we have to deal with the consequences of those choices. I mean, sure, God plans for us to good things for us and for us to do and for, you know, a certain prosperity for us so that we might show him to the world. But, you know, that also depends on us following him. You know, you can't just say, oh, God, give me all this good stuff and let me do whatever the heck I want. It doesn't work that way. Yes, that that is very true. Um, and I think we lose sight of the fact that the, the very fact that we are breathing is God's mercy. Jeremiah also says um, it is of God's mercies that we're not <laughs> consumed every day. Mm-hmm. So the very fact that we are able to breathe air on planet Earth is a mercy of God. And when you put it in that perspective, then um, then you uh, then it gives you a whole new uh, perspective on life. And I think of that song that gets played sometimes at Christmas time. It's from the musical um, White Christmas, and it says, "When I'm worried and I can't sleep." I count my blessings instead of sheep and I fall asleep counting my blessings. And then later on in the song, it says when my bankroll is getting small, I think of when I had none at all. 
and I fall asleep counting my blessings. And just the idea that there, there is always a time when I didn't have what I have now. And so I can still look back and say, God provided for me. Now, is it always in the way that we want? No. I, no. We always have to make adjustments. Um, like I said earlier in the, in the podcast, this podcast episode is an example of making adjustments. Um, <laughs> so those things happen, but um, God is, is very good to give us the things that we need in order to move on and to do the best for us as we're going through life. Well, that's true. I mean, the few times that I've had, you know, financial trouble and whatnot, I've always reminded myself that God only promised that I'd have food and shelter and clothes. He did not pro- promise that I'd be rich or anything like that. And even when I'm having troubles, God's promises are still fulfilled. Oh, absolutely. And again, it's, it's all about perspective. So, um, I am hid with Christ. If ye then be arisen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Colossians 3, 1 through 3. I started, I started to hear a Scottish brogue coming out in the first couple of words, but then it tapered <laughs> off there, but, but that was very good reading. Um, and again, this one is kind of self-explanatory in a way for someone that's been in the faith for a long time. But yeah, I don't think, that. but I don't think we often contemplate the full magnitude of it because if we're hid with Christ and Christ is the Son of God and He's honored and Jesus and God says of of Christ, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. We can rest in the fact. <coughs> That he has that opinion of us. And to me, that makes me very happy and very content and very surrendered to the things that God has for me. So I'm, I just rejoice in that. And then I live through Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me. And gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 uh, This is kind of also reminiscent of Romans chapter 12 verse 1, which is, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will is. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think about the fact that um, we die to ourselves so that we can live. Jesus talked about that. If a corn of wheat die, then it will sprout up and abide again. He says, if you, if you lose your life for my sake in the gospel, you will find it. But if you keep your life, you, you will, lose, will it. lose it. And it's not just talking about martyrdom. I think no. it's talking about daily opportunities to lose your life, to lose your agenda and to, um, and to make God uh, the center of what you do and to allow him to call the shots, even though um, it might be difficult. I still remember uh, when I first committed to ministry, I was like, God, okay, I'm, I'm committing to ministry. I'm going to still look for a job, but I'm not going to be as, as anxious about it. 
um, now, and I'm just going to let you do it. And there are still days when that's really hard to do when things go wrong or when, um, I, when I'm not sure what my, uh, future is going to hold, but I know ultimately that God knows and that he is working out his will through me. And it was only when I put my own agenda aside and said, God, you take over because I can't do anything that he was able to do great and mighty things through me, which he is still doing. Mm-hmm. So these, la- these last two hid with Christ and living through Christ. Do you have any additional thoughts, Dan? Well, when we were talking, I live through Christ. It reminded me of a couple different songs that uh, you sometimes hear on the radio. There was, I forget who, what the first song's title is and who did it, but as um, the lead singer was talking about um, how God should, can just take over his show and he'll be happy with it. I think it's a Toby Mac song that I think of it. And I thought that, you know, that's a great song. You know, you're just going up. You're, you're a guy who makes a lot of money and this is a concert and all you're saying is, God, just take over. I don't care. Just take over. Um, yes. And I think that God often will put us in situations where we have to do that so that we learn to do that. Yep. You know, I think, I think, you know, if the only way that you have to look is up, then you'll finally look up. <laughs> and there's so much of, going around thinking that we know what's best. I've told stories on this podcast about how God has done that in my life, and I won't belabor the point here, but I just know that he does what he needs to do to get our attention. I had a friend say, well, why does God use a two-by-four so often to get my attention? Well, you're and I, thick and I said, well, because <laughs> cause, and he does it for all of us at certain times because we don't listen to the still small voice, so the two-by-four comes out. And we, I realize that gives a little bit of a chuckle, but there is a lot of truth to it. There is. This is true. Now, then, the other song that I was reminded of is uh, Only Jesus by Casting Crowns. It's a relatively new song. You might have heard it. Yeah, that's a very good one. Or yeah. also um, the one Just Be Held by Mercy Me. I don't think um, I've heard that one yet, it, maybe. It, it's not extremely new. Um, but it basically talks about, um, about how we hold tight to the things that we want because we don't want to give God control. And Uh sometimes the good things that we have a hold of, he has something better for us in mind. So, um, so then we miss out on it because we're holding so tight to the things that we have. And sometimes we just need to rest in him too. I think even in matters of faith, we think we have to work so hard at it. And he's like, no, just rest in me. Yeah, that reminds me, we had um, a guest pastor, um, uh, I think it was Dean Vandermey. Uh, but he's talking about uh, he had been teaching at a church and this little old lady came up to him and she said to him, uh, make sure you only hold on to your children lightly because if you try to hold on to them tightly, God will take them away. You know, and that's that doesn't just apply to children. It applies to pretty much everything. You don't hold on tightly, or God will take it away because you have turned it into an idol. Uh that is sobering to think about, but worth our consideration. Yes. 
All right, so we have two more. I may approach God with boldness. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Romans eight fourteen fifteen. All right, so in this situation, we are told that we have received the spirit of adoption. We have been adopted as sons. We can speak to God as Abba Father. And I thought it was really neat in the Passion of the Christ in 2004, in the beginning scene, Jesus is in the garden um, praying, um, you know, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. But if, if it's not your will, then your will not mine be done, that whole prayer. And you, and he uses the word Abba mm-hmm. when he's talking to his father. And I just, it's a very emotional moment, even in the beginning of the film, because you're thinking he is using the very name that I have been encouraged and instructed to use for my God, who has become my father through Jesus. So that was very powerful for me. Yeah. And then um, I am to love others as the way God loves me. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. John fourteen thirty four. All right. So this one is, again, kind of simple, but sometimes the, the there's a phrase that says familiarity breathes apathy. So just because we um, know something doesn't mean that we don't need to be reminded afresh. And I think it's really interesting that we're to, we're to love others the way Jesus loves us. And that's pretty powerful because he went all the way to the cross to die for our sins. Mm-hmm. And he came back and now he's procured for us our salvation. Yes. So on these last two, um, on approaching God with boldness, and loving others as God loves you or loves me. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I feel it's worth mentioning that um, when uh, in Romans, when uh, <clears throat> Paul mentions that we have uh, received the spirit of, adop- of adoption, he was being very deliberate using adoption because at the time, adoption meant that when you were adopted, all that you were was legally dead. You know, you could have been the world's greatest thief, but as soon as you were adopted by a, a, a Roman, you know, centurion or what have you, then that was, you know, washed away as far as the law was concerned. You know, and it, it's a very, it makes a very good word picture for what God considers when he adopts us is everything that's gone before is now meaningless because Christ paid the price. And then unto, uh, I am to love others as God loved me. Or God loves me, rather. Um, I'm reminded of my late grandfather who passed away not that long ago. But when we were at his funeral and everyone was talking about him, uh, one of the, the, probably the common theme was um, that as my grandfather grew in age and grew in his relationship with Christ, 
it became more and more obvious to the people around him that um, he obeyed that command. I'm to love others as God loves me, you know, and that he was, um, and that he was a kind of man that wanted uh, Jesus to be his only, you know, his only remembrance. And so, it was kind of hard on all of us, but, you know, just that, you know. Well, I, I've said this to you in one form or another a few times, but, Dan, I really appreciate the genuineness and the realness that you bring to the show and the fact that when we have conversations like this, you take it seriously. You dig it. You dig into these things. You show things to me and to our listeners at a level that I would never have thought of on my own, which is another reason, folks. I know I've said this before, but if I was doing a solo podcast, it just would not last because the opportunity to have a discussion is so much more appealing than the opportunity to sit in the booth and talk and hope somebody listens later. Um, because at least I know, even if this only were to get one listen, that we had a profitable discussion between the two of us. And so I genuinely do appreciate that. And I will definitely be praying for you as you adjust to life without your grandfather. I was telling Dan before he, before we recorded and he, told me about his grandfather that I lost my grandfather within the past year as well. And it's not an easy thing to adjust to. So our prayers are with you, Dan. And uh, I really appreciate what you had to share. And with that, I think we will wrap up this discussion, but I hope that you are learning a lot about identity through these podcasts. And um, I really appreciate Uh, The time that you take to listen, please share this with your family and friends. Um, Without further ado, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters.